0: Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. We're doing this again All because right. I can't do it right.
1: It was a metaphorical
0: issue. It was a metaphorical, literal metaphorical issue. Right. And we welcome you back. Uh-huh. It's our first episode post-PodCon. PodCon was great. <laughs> doodly, doodly, doodly in the future.
1: Right. We're going to see Pod- we're going to be at PodCon in two days. Three, Three days, days
0: uh-huh. four well, really six days because when we get to Seattle and when we get yes, to Yes, we're gonna to go to
1: Seattle. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what Seattle's gonna be like other than cloudy.
0: Cold and wet. We're getting there two hours earlier than I was hoping to. <sighs> but we're not complaining. What we are gonna do is we are going to dive into the pool.
1: There we go. That's better. Of
0: Battlestar Galactica.
1: Battlestar Galactica.
0: So we are getting into season one, episode one. The title is thirty-three. That'd be the number Mm thirty-three. The years that Jesus was old and his death.
1: (laughs) That's a reach, but okay. Nothing to do with (laughs) with this Battlestar Galactica
0: episode. So this episode premiered in the U.S. We're going to use U.S. premiere dates because we're in the U.S. and Mm -hmm. we are. ethnocentric.
1: Isn't uh, Battlestar Galactica an an American show?
0: It was made with the BBC, in conjunction with the BBC because Sifi does not have necessarily all all the money that they would like to spend. on.
1: Judging from the film Pterodactyl starring Coolio, Um, I I don't think so.
0: Although I think that it was still sci-fi. I believe Mm. this was still on the sci-fi channel before they abbreviated themselves to be sci-fi, And
1: I, I just would like to, as an old person, remember back in the day when I was working at Holmes Book Company and one of, um, one of our regular customers came in and with just an armload of swag he got from a science fiction convention about the debut of a thing called the Sci-Fi Channel.
0: Oh, wow. What was I that? Have,
1: oh, God. I, I wish I could remember. I know that somewhere there's a box with a light-up globe and it looks like a ping-pong ball. And there's a, I guess the symbol for the sci fi planet used to be a, a, like Saturn or a ringed planet.
0: It was a ringed planet. And it was Saturn because that's the only ringed you, planet we have. But
1: you yeah. depressed two little buttons on this golf ball and there was a light inside that would flash and it read, The future is now.
0: 1992. Yeah. It was the sci fi channel from 1992 to 1999. And uh-huh. then they shortened their channel to SYFY in 1999. And I can't not see that and see. C
1: But they, they were it was neat because in the old days, the sci-fi channel, you would get to see lots of B movies.
0: Well, had, now you still do, but they're on purpose B, which makes them B's.
1: Well, which makes them kind of uh I don't know. It's not the same when people aren't trying their hardest to yeah. make a no, that's a better film. And they had whole weeks, like week-long marathons, dinosaur pictures or something, or zombie movies hosted by Rob Zombie. And mm-hmm. in the beginning, they had uh they even had like television shows. They had one um, that was geared towards teenagers and it basically took place in one room every week on a spaceship that had been sent out into space and all the characters in it were clones. Hey, I can't next remember time what the name of that this,
0: was. you do this, do some research. Don't <laughs> right. come at me with I don't know what it is. It's Well, it just show. came to
1: me, but um, the... Uh, and then there was... Uh, they did their own science fiction films. There was a, an interesting film that starred Donald Sutherland. Like, they really were going out to try to... Yeah, but... And then somewhere it just failed and they became this sort of channel for cut-rate movies.
0: Well, I think their television series are often very good and very well produced. Their their made-for-themselves movies are often a bummer. Uh, Unless you like the just off-the-wall ridiculousness of mashing monsters. Ooh, of mashing monsters together. Um, Deepwater Black—that was the name of the show. Oh, okay. There you go. You found it. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. So I watched the Magicians on Sci-Fi, um, which is based on a series of books. But this—I uh, never saw a single episode of Battlestar Galactica. As we have said repeatedly, mm-hmm. I'm not lying. I really haven't seen. It, it. could be. Uh,
1: could all be a myth. And Think it news.
0: started. It aired on Friday nights. Which, normally I would say, oof, that's rough. But it's also when Fox puts on their science fiction television shows, unless it's run by Seth MacFarlane, and then Mm -hmm. I guess it gets a Tuesday or whatever. Ew. We don't need to talk about The Orville. It premiered on Friday, the 14th of January, 2005. And what were you doing instead of watching it?
1: Um. I don't know. I think we, were we roommates at the time? I know that we had a, a roommate, a fellow roommate, who was watching it at the time. Oh, and then maybe. He, whose name I won't know, was about to say her name. Yeah, her and no. her boyfriend at the time were watching it and going, just pressing me, you have to see this. It's really good. It's well, really Well, they
0: never said anything current. to me about it.
1: <laughs> well, they didn't think you liked science fiction, probably. They thought you were too clever for that.
0: I like science fiction, y'all. And you know what kind of science fiction I like? This kind of science fiction. So far, I'm a fan of the show. So, uh, also happening on mm-hmm. that day, there were a bunch of movies that I've never heard of. So um, And may also, may be. the beginning of the Are We There Yet? series with Ice Cube. But then a movie with Jamie Bell called Dear Wendy and... J- Jamie Bell, Bill Pullman, and Alison Pill. So that mm. sounds like a movie I'd actually like to watch. Sounds good, yeah. Uh, there's a Casey Affleck uh, Liv Tyler movie called Lonesome Jim. There is a movie with Rip Torn in it called 40 Shades of Blue, which I think have has literally nothing to do with 50 Shades of Grey. Well, it has
1: 10 less shades, for one thing. Yes. And an actual actor in it. Yes. Um I have to say, quite to my surprise, I have never heard of any of these movies. Right. <laughs> which is really surprising. But No,
0: usually if you give me a list of five movies mm. at the times like since I've been fifteen years right. old. Five movies that came out on a week, I would know at least three of them and right. I only know the Are We There Yet one. So That's surprising. It was I a, mean It's a rough week for films. Although, yeah. also although Although, to be fair, January Mm. is typically not a huge um, month for new release films. It's a lot of holdover from the holidays. And and also, uh, awards season is, all those releases are also in December, so that they fall in the right year to be considered.
1: Right. Well, we just saw a commercial for If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, I want to see it. it. The commercial, the stinger at the end of it was For Your Consideration. Yeah. Which is crazy because I'd never seen an, an open overture to Academy Voters over Oh, I have. Network nice, television. I think they
0: started three or four years ago, That's and it was nuts. Melissa Leo that kicked it off.
1: Oh, well, she was really aggressive
0: about it. Yes. And so last year I was seeing For Your Consideration on the television for um, films, maybe... Mm. I was going to say maybe Moonlight, but that was two years ago. So I don't remember what last year's...
1: Moonlight was such a good movie.
0: uh, Awards contenders even were. So that's how important they are. Moonlight,
1: that strange film that won after losing. Yeah.
0: It was a very good film. And If Beale Street Could Talk looks equally as good. It looks really good.
1: When you mentioned sci-fi, I... I just suddenly had a flash of how old I was and how long ago this... Uh, yes. So
0: this uh, episode is just over 14 years old. Mm-hmm. So it's the age of Millie Bobby Brown. Who's starring in the New Godzilla movie? Is starring in the Sci-fi. Well, and also stars in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Sci-fi. So we watched this show. There's a very brief previously on. Mm. So in case you missed the miniseries, yes. uh, you're not totally bereft of knowledge. Excuse me. However, what I got from the previous Leon is Oh Hilo's gonna be an ongoing character <laughs> because right. we he was basically left for dead, but he's in the previous Leon, which means you want me to remember him, which means he is not dead. So, uh, and then there's the opening scene and your f- opening statement was, why does everybody look so tight? And I said, I think they're waking up from cryosleep. Why did I think that? Because it's sci-fi and sometimes in space there's cryosleep, but that's not what we're. We happening. just
1: What did we just see that had cryosleep as a feature? Was it... Um... um the I other mean, sci-fi series we were watching. It
0: wasn't. Didn't have that.
1: Okay. You don't
0: the, the most recent one didn't have that. Which was Uh it? Nightfire. Okay. Didn't have. They weren't sleeping at all. Oh,
1: so that's... that's yeah, okay.
0: Uh, we have watched something fairly recently, but it wasn't that, and I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... um. I thought I had read a quick synopsis of the episode, which I tried to avoid. Mm -hmm. So I thought I had seen cryosleep before I realized that my eyes shouldn't be reading the thing they were reading. And I tore them away. But instead, I don't know what I was looking at because (laughs) they were not waking up. They were just not sleeping. So the conceit of this entire episode is since they jumped away... Mm -hmm. At the end of the last miniseries, uh-huh. they have been awake for 130 plus hours because every 33 minutes, the Cylons target in on them and find them and appear and attack. And then they have to do another jump every 33 minutes.
1: I really like that conceit.
0: It's so good. It really, uh, as soon as I realized that's what was going on, it reminded me of the firefly episode out of gas mm-hmm. in in the way not because they were about the same thing although gas must have been an, like fuel must have been an issue mm-hmm. for them not just physical fuel to keep them you know awake but also if you're doing these light faster than light jumps mm-hmm. i got to think that that's a pricey expenditure on your ships it dealt with one of those it's is sort of the same way that I like um, the big country. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're in space and shit goes wrong, oh, the well, fuck, well, you're saying. in space and you have to figure it out. And I like things that deal with that sort of nitty-gritty... So just so
1: that the thing. audience knows, The Big Country is a, a big, sprawling Western.
0: Okay, yes. We. I'm um, sorry, we have talked about it recently on the show, uh-huh. so I was I was coming from a yeah, place uh- of familiarity. So this is probably one... Of, I like Western films, uh-huh. but I really particularly enjoyed the fact that in Big Country, mm-hmm. a feature of the film is talking about how sometimes people start going to a place... And never get there. Because the country, it's big and there are no roads or street signs or I don't understand how anybody got anywhere in in the past.
1: I do believe I need
0: my GPS to tell me how to get to work every day. I I don't understand.
1: And maybe this is the reason why there was such a value placed on horses.
0: Oh yes, for Um, sure. Because but the horse does also
1: doesn't know where we're going. No, the horse doesn't know where we're going. Um, the the gist of the big country, and it's a really worthwhile movie if you watch it. it As a huge cast, Charlton Heston and Gregory Pagan. But the scene that Emily's describing has to do with a man who sets off just wandering to see the, the limits of this ranch where he's um, the the uh, woman he's engaged to is uh, her father owns it, and how immediately they set out search parties because it's so easy to get lost in this. Huge. I mean, just spread the habits of To know size, that a yeah. city
0: is west 120 miles, right. if you're off by a degree, mm-hmm. you're off by hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. I just, I, it yeah. floors me and impresses me and scares me all at the same time. I think time. it probably. And it drove me nuts that in, in Westerns they never talk about right. how. I'm going to guess three-quarters of the dudes that started for a town mm-hmm. never got well, to the town. Because
1: my dad loved westerns, so I saw a lot of them growing up. And usually it was a ride west for three days. Yeah. And you're going...
0: That's so vague. How... how <laughs> like you could how? completely miss it. Because, yeah, like I said, if and you're not going... Like, if first of all, if it is directly west, which mm-hmm. it probably isn't, because there's going to be something, right? Uh, you know, a river, a lake, a... Str- something is going to mm-hmm. off... Be, veer you off of direct west but even if you're only a couple of degrees or one single degree off for a hundred miles this is why planes that go down in the ocean yeah if they're off track hey lost spoilers they're never gonna find you because they will be looking in a completely different place
1: yeah well this film seemed to cover a similar practical problem which is really what I was just reading um, Leonard Wolf in his book on horror, uh, horror media novels and films. He said that it's little touches that really make something creepy. Yeah. Like in uh, the Fuseli's Painting the Nightmare there's all this ghoulishness going on and then there's like a vase with flowers on it in front of the bed and it's just a little detail that it, because it's there and it looks normal it makes everything look kind of disturbing just and creepy because it's worse. such a, yeah. a touch of normalcy. Yeah. And with this one, it was, watching this episode reminded me a lot of um, the week that we had to move out of Richmond. And uh, I had to get my mom over to my sister's house in Georgia, come oh, back the same yeah. day, and then the next day start moving yeah, all of our stuff. Yeah, you
0: flew across country on consecutive days, right. which y'all But within a
1: 24-hour it. period, yeah. it was like I did not have more than eight hours to rest. So within a 24-hour period, I flew back and forth from Georgia and then came back. To start and then packing to start our start house, packing up, yeah. and so it was that same kind of. They captured really well in the beginning of this episode yeah. this feeling of exhaustion that every you know we're trying this every half an hour and then it happens again. Yeah, and they're just on the run and then we have to run again. And yeah, then it and happens that's again.
0: kind of what makes good fantasy or sci-fi for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. is the touches of realism. Yeah, make it as wild as you want mm-hmm. the world and the rules of the world and everything, but make the little details right. relatable, because it makes everything else seem realer. And and yeah, and it makes me empathetic with the characters, because I have an in.
1: Well, and because, as I mentioned, I had that experience. Right. I watched this episode, and yes, I got it. I got yeah. being exhausted to the point of almost being delirious, yes. and it's like, am I seeing things? Am I that tired? And you physically can't stop yourself. In our case, we had, like, what, 24 hours to move out of that house. Yeah. We had to move out by the weekend. And um, and so it was the same thing, this sort of dogged kind of determination. Load the truck, move the truck, load the truck, move the right, truck. Right,
0: yeah. No. And, it, and and they're just doing these jumps Right. every half an hour. And they're waiting
1: expectantly for, are the silence going to show up, or are they not going to yeah, show up? Yeah, there's a
0: countdown every half an hour. Yeah, because not only ha- have they not been able to sleep, but they've uh-huh. been a, in a literal state of emergency... Every half an hour. Not a fake state of emergency. <laughs> Not no, a national emergency. No. No. Yes. I mean, there's no, no, there's no Hondurans
1: that. coming for them. Yes, no. No. Uh, Literal, is, the yes.
0: Cylons are here and will kill us if we make a mistake.
1: And it also, I think, the reason why that works is that it really um, puts forward the problem of fighting machines that will never get tired. Yes. The silence are going to be fresh yeah, as a all crazy doing every single is time. they're awaiting you because
0: they don't have to... Be, and they don't even have to be mm-hmm. that uh, aggressive. Mm-hmm. They just have to be... They consistent. have to show up. That's, That's it. it. Um, so we get a weird... It's it's almost like the lost eyes mm-hmm. on Baltar. The for opening scene is on Baltar's face close-up. Uh-huh. The bridge of his nose and his eyes yeah. and his forehead. So it's almost... Like the way that Lost starts, mm-hmm. and then we also see Apollo and Starbuck—they're flying—and we see Adama on the ship and the President mm-hmm. on the civilian ship right. with papers just spread out in front of her, so she's clearly, uh, you know, as awake and aware uh, mm-hmm. as everybody else, uh, even though she's not obviously in charge of the military. She's left. To Adama gets to make the military decisions. That's that's their.
1: Agreement, right? Yeah.
0: So, when the Cylons jump every thirty-three minutes, the way that they are dealing with it is setting coordinates. Everybody gets a set of coordinates. They all the civilian ships jump, and then the Galactica jumps.
1: The Galactica covers the flank.
0: To be fair, they they send out a bunch of fighters Uh to. Draw fire uh-huh. and to kill as many Cylon ships as they can, although it's like that also feels like a an incidental thing almost right. like they're just making replacements Marvel, yeah. as as we're doing this so it's almost incidental that they're taking these ships out because they're not doing any actual damage they're just mitigating the damage from those ships and then everybody pew, 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 sh- shoots away. Sometimes it takes longer because they're having to work on these engines that mm-hmm. were not intended to make 237 consecutive jumps. Right. Like in no way well, did the also, designers I mean, the of this think that this was what they were. The
1: people you. on the ships. Oh yeah. It's like I, I don't know what the conceit is about faster than light travel for human beings, but
0: it's not great. We know that that woman mechanic. Uh-huh. Uh, In the first in the miniseries, at one point when they're getting ready to jump to Mm -hmm. do the first jump, she sits down and she's like, "I hate this part." Mm -hmm. And there is a a visual like uh, distortion Mm -hmm. that the filmmakers use, but it's not overt. Right, like you don't see the actual jump, but there is a little bit of a visual distortion that they.
1: Uh, used to indicate that and apparently it's not what got cut out of the episode were scenes of Adama vomiting.
0: Oh interesting.
1: And like people having physical effects yeah. both from exhaustion yeah. and which from, after
0: five days yeah, you of know. not sleeping. Yeah.
1: And so um I, I thought that yeah that was covered really well. It it it, it really puts you there with them.
0: Right. You see Adama shaving um he and the exo are switching off ten minute rest periods, mm. but Adam has lost track of whose turn it is. So even though it wasn't his turn while we're watching this, he gets his turn because the XO is like, if he doesn't remember, it's not. It's my turn. Yeah. It's his turn. Yeah. which, yeah. But also, is resting for ten minutes. Even gonna I don't make think it you worse? really.
1: I Although don't, yeah. I don't
0: know if you could even. I think you have to just. Give in to the exhaustion at some point, or you're Uh gonna collapse. Like I, I can't even. Yeah, I'm fortunate that I've never had to stay awake (laughs) this long. Um, So they are not. They're trying to come up with plans, but the problem is, 33 minutes is basically enough time to figure out the next jump. It's not enough time to pre-plan something that they can put in place to try and get ahead mm-hmm. of uh, the, the situation that they find themselves in. They also don't know how they're being tracked. tracked. Because the Cylons are not, and no one is supposed to be able to follow you through FTL. Like right. that, it's not, it's not supposed to be traceable. At the same time as we're sort of getting the lay of the land there, Gaius Baltor is having a goddamn breakdown. Mm-hmm. He's All over the place. He's in the ship, but we see him also at his, like, lake house. Mm -hmm. Um, So my assumption is that's when we're sort of in his head with the chip that may or may not have been implanted by number six. Who the fuck knows? He might just be crazy. It's unclear. It
1: could be guilt and shame and other things catching up with him. It could be.
0: And he, well, he clearly has all of that going on. But also his own self preservation. Mm -hmm. Um, Number six is real preachy in this episode, very leaning into God is mad at you, so you better repent. And he's mad at you because I could, she was, because he was, he had done them wrong. Like, I don't remember what her rationale was. First of all, she wants to have a baby with him.
1: Is this probably inspired by the big-headed baby with the the weak neck that we saw? With the weak neck, but
0: also, is that biologically or mechanically? We don't know what they're capable of.
1: This is what we know about Cylons: they're horny. Okay. No, no, we know that (laughs) this this model of Cylon
0: number six. Will kiss everyone.
1: Yes. Uh, number six seems to like to make out with people and has real...
0: She's kissed three people today yeah. or now?
1: No, again, it's, it's <laughs> different models of the same unit, right?
0: Yeah. Well, different copies? Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know if that's like, she's the iPod Shuffle and then Boomer's the iPod Nano. Right, because you know Boomer what I mean? is what number? Uh, eight. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia says that she's number eight. I don't know, it's it's apropos of nothing. It just calls her number eight and I'm like, I think this is a spoiler <laughs> because as far as I'm concerned, although I know that the blonde one is number six, mm-hmm. Boomer's number four because she's the fourth one I knew about. <laughs> Using <laughs> so whose system of counting? Exactly. That's that's the thing. I think I'm I've been forced into the show's system of counting, and I wonder if all of the the males are odd and the females be. are even. We haven't seen all. We the don't know, yet. and we right. also don't know what the other two that we know are male presenting at least mm-hmm. are numbered. I could look in Wikipedia, but I'm not, because I'm going spoil I myself, spoil and I don't want to. Right. Um, So we get a notice, oh, and, oh, number six wants a baby, tells guys that she wants a baby, and he says something about a walking toaster. Right. He's, he said okay. something about, you should tell your superiors that, and they'll give you a little walking toaster or something. It's not good. She doesn't like it.
1: Well, she shouldn't. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand anybody who is so stuck in a situation and still is just such a complete jerk about it. Like he does not get it at all.
0: Um, and we also see Boomer. She's mm-hmm. real grumpy, mm-hmm. and she misses Hilo, and she hates her new partner, who we will nickname Eyebrows.
1: Eyebrows, yes, because he seems to have plucked eyebrows. The last time that I I remember was an actor being slaughtered in the mist.
0: Oof. Um he was in the military in that yeah, he was, he was the in, in the military who and let them
1: all know that the military screwed them over and fed them to monsters. So, um but yeah, it was interesting seeing a familiar face. But all of them are operating without sleep. And now the other ship, the Olympic carrier.
0: So, yeah, so yeah. we we get um Billy is reading the president all of her uh like notes. Mm-hmm. Poor Billy. Billy really is like the vice president. He's like 12. Um <laughs> And says this doctor, uh, Amarak, is on uh, another ship and he uh, thinks he knows of a traitor in their midst. Mm. Maybe. We right. actually don't know if it's in their midst. But he, he thinks he knows how the Cylons are tracking them. Right. And Gaius is like, oh, fuck. I know that dude. Also, he's definitely on to me. Well, this goes
1: on to number six's kind of religiosity. It's yes. like, well, God is sparing you because obviously he didn't put well, on we, this ship. Yes. And where he could expose you if he knows who you are. Or it, it's just,
0: she's she has a very questionable hold on religion, well, I, I think. The, well, I don't know what this religion is. Uh-huh. I don't think it's Christianity. No, 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 that no I'm not saying it isn't because well,
1: we, we obviously know because they're on another planet. Um... What yeah, but we is, also
0: don't know if Christianity could have followed us into the sky. Well, but again,
1: these are coming to meet us. These are not us.
0: But we, I, uh-huh. don't know that in this iteration of the show.
1: I do believe it's the same iteration. That's the same fine. Plot.
0: But I'm telling you that the show hasn't told us that. Okay. So I'm not ruling anything out. Okay. It could be any religion. It doesn't feel like Christianity to me is what I'm it saying. It feels...
1: Um, yeah,
0: but she is like, you know, if you repent, God will save you, and then He repents, and then the Cylons don't follow. So, this is right after episode or jump 37. The Cylons didn't follow, but when they're doing a count, one of the ships is missing with 1300 people on it. Uh, they're trying to figure out where they went wrong. Did it make the jump, but miss the landing like it's somewhere mm-hmm. else, or did we leave it behind? Or did the
1: silence destroy it before the jump? Or that.
0: Which they don't really touch on too much.
1: It's just listed is one of the possibilities of what could have happened to the ship.
0: Yeah. And so, as they're dealing with that, um, she hears that uh, or, no, before they do jump 238, she says, get, well, it's too close to the jump now, but get that doctor onto the ship, and I'll talk to him mm-hmm. at the beginning of our next cycle, mm-hmm. right? So then they jump to 38. And then that's when the ship was left behind. And it turns out that that doctor was on that ship. And it also turns out that at 33 seconds, the Cylon's done it, or 33 minutes the silence do not appear. Mm -hmm. And so then they start the countdown sort of the other way, a count up to see how long before the silence show up. Because they presume that the silence are not going to show up. They're not like, we did it! We won! Then they realize that ship didn't make it and they're trying to track down who who dropped what ball. Because it's unclear.
1: Right, and it falls on, I don't know this character's name. Um, I should at this point.
0: Is it Gaeta and mm, That's played by Candice McClure? So they start the count up, and a couple of hours go by, and they're like, is the ship that's missing, and the fact that the Cylons didn't chase us, are those related to each other? Now the same as, so as we're pondering that, like, is that where the tracking was happening, or Something like that. As that's happening, we see Hilo on Caprica being chased by metal Cylons that look rad, actually. They're very CGI. They're not there, but they look very cool. And he's being chased through the forest. He's shooting himself up with anti-radiation medicines.
1: Right, I mean, he still doesn't look good, though. He still no, looks he like looks he's no. He looks terrible. He's and we don't know what happened to the rest of the crowd that was left behind with him.
0: My guess is they didn't have anti um, anti-radiation medications.
1: <laughs> well, it could also be that the silons killed them all. We it don't, know. There, yeah, we the don't know. there was a whole crowd there that,
0: that he's running, and he gets tied up by them.
1: He's running and he gets injured. Okay. And then, as it turns out, he's approached by number six who starts making out with Yeah, but
0: I think him. at time, she, that time, is he not tied up or is he he's just sitting there? He's sitting there because okay. I think he is injured. So then he is, he is approached by a number six mm-hmm. and she says she's on his side. She kisses him because that's how she introduces herself to at least the male characters in the show. Uh And says that she's going to get him out of there. He doesn't know that number six is a Cylon. Right. Until uh, Boomer shoots her in the back and then gets him away.
1: Well, making quite a big um, hole in her back, too. Yeah,
0: she really destroyed that copy of number six. Thereby cementing the fact that, A, she's on their side. Mm Mm-hmm. And B, she's the real Boomer. And that's a very Which is going to be problematic, right. because Boomer, the one that's been on the ship, still on the ship. And
1: boomer still doesn't know that she's a Cylon, as far as we know. As
0: far as we know. And she there's a... is into, uh, Starbuck calls her one, because she's not getting tired the way right. that the rest of them are.
1: So it's uh, she's giving herself which away. Which is pretty kinda.
0: funny. And um, there's a fight between Starbuck and Apollo. Mm-hmm because he says that she needs to take stims, which I assume is Adderall, (laughs) and she says no, and then he, like, sort of starts to back down, and she yells at him for not being the commanding officer, and trying to still be their friends, and she's like, you have an insubordinate person who won't take her pills, so make her take her pills, and so then they yell at each other, and then they laugh well, at Well, she other also she criticizes him for,
1: for saying, you know, if you're a real commander, you would tell me to take the pills, and I couldn't say no to you. And there's, I think, one of the guys from the flight crew is looking at them after the exchange going, do you two want to get a room? There's like, like there's a little bit of that.
0: Now, now we got to give them some slack because, yeah. what, five days? Awake. Right. Not just awake, but awake and at battle. Like, they mm-hmm. are fighting every 33 minutes. Um, So they uh, end up being out, Um, Boomer, Mm -hmm. Starbuck, Apollo, and then a bunch of other fighters out there. But after something like an hour and 45 minutes, the commander says, you know, set up a perimeter, Mm -hmm. but send most of them back to bed. Let them sleep. Um, And those three are the ones that end up staying out. But basically, as soon as the uh, rest of the fighters land, the Olympic carrier shows up, and that is the ship that was missing for however long it was missing. Mm-hmm. It just appears. When the carrier went missing, mm-hmm. the doctor that was Baltar's nemesis also went missing. He was on that ship, here. hear. Right. Dropped to, or they've dropped to condition two, which I guess is like orange alert mm-hmm. instead of red alert, or you know whatever backwards it is and so they're all going to start sleeping in rounds but then the olympic shows up and starts sort of heading towards the battlestar galactica
1: on a direct course as if it's going to collide
0: and it won't stop
1: it will not yield it won't send out any messages and
0: they don't see anyone in it well they hear the voice of the captain
1: let me ask you this question because i just said something that might be factually incorrect uh-huh. It's not that they're not sending out any messages. They cut them off after a and They couldn't make out whether it was because the message didn't sound authentic.
0: No, they were just saying, we need help. Uh-huh. Uh, we need help, and we're, and then they just kept steering towards the ship. Right,
1: and they didn't deviate from the course even when a starbuck and, is firing across their, they, they uh-huh. across their bow.
0: And they say, they fire across their bowels, they make no, like... Bones about the fact that you need to stop, mm-hmm. and when it looks like they've basically turned themselves into a missile right, uh, the captain gives Apollo the command to shoot it,
1: and yeah. so does the president, right? The president also both of them of the do around.
0: the president defers mm-hmm. but understands she's already written those thirteen hundred people off now she's mm-hmm. keeping like a count on the wall of. How many people there are. There's a are. whiteboard. Yeah. Which I love how really it's ordinary the tech technology is, yeah. is. Well, he wouldn't... Right. Now they know. The technology it's is only bad for it's them. It's not your <laughs> Um. So Apollo's looking in the windows, and he's like, I don't think that there are people in there. And there's mm-hmm. no proof that there are people in there. So as far as we know, and we have to treat this like a fully empty, hostile
1: mm-hmm. missile. Right. And He does a fly by the windows, if I remember, and he doesn't see anybody outside, right?
0: And so, and Starbuck asks if she wants, if he wants her to fire first, Mm -hmm. and he can't have her do that, because he's like, I'm going to be the one who takes responsibility if there are 1,345 souls on that thing, and I'm about to kill all of them, because I can't (laughs) not at this point. And so he does, he fires, and then she fires, and there's all the firing, and then the ship I guess, explodes? Yes, it explodes. (laughs) And then the Cylons show up. And then it feels very clear that that is, in fact, what they were doing. They were tracking this. Something on this ship. Whether there was a Cylon infiltrator that was getting some sort of message out to them, and Mm -hmm. it took 33 minutes for it to get there. but they have plotted their next course because they were planning on jumping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they just held. And what the what Adama had wanted to do was set up like three consecutive jumps right. that everybody would do that would hopefully get them far enough ahead. But they didn't have time to calculate. They barely had time to calculate They were just going to land
1: wherever they landed. They could, and that was dangerous even yes. out in space, yeah.
0: Yeah, because they, they said the first episode, right, if you up... do it wrong, you can end mm. up in the middle of the sun. So then Adamus says, prepare for jump 240, which I'd like to point out, they're skipping one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they've just done 238, they didn't do 239, and now we're at 240. I'm just saying. Well, I wonder if that's of part like, of the
1: missing scenes that we're going to uh,
0: Maybe. Um, it's not listed as a goof, in IMDb mm. I specifically looked for. Yeah. it. I also don't know if they had because they had extra time, right? Gone ahead and done 2.40 and 2.41. What could have happened
1: when we're, we're cross-cutting to... Um, uh, Kilo? Yes, on... um
0: no, I don't think so, because I think that the whole plan was that we're going to stay exactly where we are until mm-hmm. Cylon's up here. We're not going to keep up our yeah. jumps if we don't need to. So they jump, and then I guess this is actually when... Number six kisses Hilo on Cap back on Caprica. Mm. And
1: Caprica, that was
0: the name of Yeah, for. Caprica. Then Boomer shoots her mm-hmm. and saves him. So now we've got a Boomer there and a Boomer up in space. I like the
1: idea. Uh, I like that idea. It reminds me of a Hitchcock movie where things are going around in the background and the character in the foreground doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. So you automatically Aware that something's desperately wrong, right? Because we know more than they know, yeah.
0: Um, and then it's we're after the jump, Mm -hmm. and we're after the 33 minutes, and the silence are not appearing again,
1: right?
0: Um, and people are starting to sort of wind down, and the president is starting to really like lose it, like Mm -hmm. she's unable to really focus on anything, so she tells Billy to go get some rest, because it's been, I think, like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that, um, and he's like, okay, and he looks at his notes, and she's like, oh, what, what, what are you seeing there, and he says, you can add one to the head count, mm-hmm. or how, he goes, it's the head count, and she goes, how many more do I need to, you know, take mm-hmm. down, and he says, you can add one, a baby boy was born on one of the ships, so... Humanity is going on. That baby right. may have terrible... I hope it wasn't born like in the middle of a jump. Right. I feel like that's not great for a baby.
1: Well, again, we don't know what the deleterious <laughs> effects of... We don't.
0: I'm <laughs> sure or we'll, we'll find we out. The that... Because now we have a major study of right. all humanity and 240 jumps. <laughs> so, um, so that's that's the episode. Yeah, I
1: liked it. I liked it very much for the reasons I've already shared. It was really well written. the The menace was compelling. Yeah. The fact that you're seeing again the clear comparison between what humans can do and what machines can do. Right. I mean, what we learned in the first episode is the humans' advantages that can do things that are unpredictable. Right. And the machines' advantage is they can do things that are utterly predictable.
0: <laughs> yes, but <laughs> yes. also and their stamina. You're right. never going to out last.
1: Right.
0: You've got to outwit, There's because you're not going to outlast. Mm. So, let's do, let's try grades. Okay. Grade for this episode. How, How would the, you grade
1: I would, this I See, the thing is, it's going to be a hard one for me, because I would grade this an A. I really felt I thought like
0: this a, was a really good episode, too. I think I'm going to give it an A minus. Um... Yeah.
1: I don't see where the problem just is. Just
0: for my one two forty issue, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, because I gotta have somewhere to my
1: go. My issues with the episode are, you're right. Where is the very peculiar version of the Cylon religion going? Is, yeah, is this kind of just? And I um, think that
0: that's one of the things that's gonna be like as that character uh, gets flashed out, and they clearly like that character, they're using mm-hmm. it a lot. Yeah, there's still a lot of guys getting like. Virtually jerked off in the middle of a populated area that I could do without.
1: What that's about, these sort of sexual fantasies he has because it keeps
0: happening, and I'm like, there are people right, you know, looking at
1: you right now. And I, yeah, that and um, like I said, the the, the weird religious bent of the Cylons, which is interesting in that if you were going to pretend to be a human being, this is a huge part of of human experience,
0: right? And and it feels Mm. like that's what this it's like it's going real hard in mm-hmm. an attempt to offset its um fakeness. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just gonna believe this real hard because it's not authentic. What do you mean? Like like they're like they're pushing this hardcore belief uh-huh. that feels fake to me. It okay. doesn't feel real to me. Because uh-huh. I'm pretty sure that um, AI is not going to be religious if, in the way that this if thing is It's trying to religious.
1: simulate human experience. Right. Um, and this is funny because we just... And like, by just doing mm, too much. Right. I just saw last night, I was watching um, a Netflix program, Godzilla, the Planet Eater. Godzilla! And this was, uh, which was really interesting and bizarre. so beautiful. Yes, and really, really beautiful I also
0: fell asleep. It's not the movie's fault.
1: But um, there was a whole discussion of an alien civilization that's very technological advanced, and their experience of God comes from, I can prove that God exists as a mathematical equation, and therefore I'm basing my belief on the fact that he exists as an equation. And had the Cylons done this, it probably would make more sense to you, like.
0: Yeah, that feels right. Right. Like there are patterns, there are you know things like mm-hmm. that, um, as opposed to the magic way that, numbers and ratios mm-hmm. and things like that. That feels more. That
1: would feel more authentic for a machine right. than number six. Who's,
0: Not you did something wrong, and now I have right. to repent. Just so that feels like a human
1: blind faith thing. kind of way, which you wouldn't think a machine but would do.
0: But also heavy into punishment.
1: Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it does feel like it, and maybe that's what they're going for. Is just it's so big on imitating human experience that it's going to imitate this as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested to see where that's going. It is an it is an odd thing. So you're saying A or A minus? Uh, I know I would A.
1: say A because I, I really felt that you one of the issues with the old Battlestar Galactica is that, um, and I think I mentioned this when we talked about the first episode, is that. Uh, TV networks and network and practices wouldn't allow the wholesale slaughter that you got of people in the first episode the first pilot there were a lot of people killed right and uh, as the show was becoming a a weekly show they're like well you can't keep doing that you can't show whole races of people being massacred
0: well we can't because that was it right we only have 50,000 left
1: (laughs) they kept filming battle scenes where the Cylons were getting the worst of it all the time because the network said you can kill them—they're machines—but you can't kill more people than uh, than you have already. So the Cylons were just sort of sitting ducks, and it was a lot like watching
0: that. This Space is in the, Invaders, original show, you're in the original show, you yeah. Oh, okay.
1: They killed off the Cylons a lot, and the Cylons seemed to be really—you
0: you can do too, because, like I said, they're definitely building faster than we're destroying. Right, but um, but
1: it just sort of, as uh, Donald Belisario, the producer, said, it took the balls off of them. It's like you're not frightened of them, because basically they kind of fly around and you know, crash into things themselves. Right. So I think what I liked about this episode that was an improvement uh, over the old Battlestar Galactica is the fact that you could make them really dangerous. Here they were being dangerous, here they were doing dangerous things, and showing off why they're more dangerous than human beings, what their advantages are. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed that.
0: Now... Would you say that there's a winner in this episode? And then, what do you say? What do you mean in terms of performances? or uh, In terms of performance, in per- terms of how far our character has come, um. in terms of, you know, a- anything. Uh, I'm going to say that mm-hmm. even though he's in more danger, I think Hilo might be the winner because he definitely was dead in the series, and he's definitely going to be a main character in the show. <laughs> um... He's in enemy hands, but he's Mm. in enemy hands to get the enemy to infiltrate. So Mm. he's safe right now. He's actually probably as safe as he could be.
1: (laughs) I think that... I don't know that I can say there was a winner. I really felt like everyone showed up their best in this episode. I think in terms of performance, it would be Leodama. Who has to go and make a really tough decision yeah. and kill a bunch of what he thinks might be innocent people? They might not even be on the ship. They right. Might this might it. be
0: an empty ship. This might have right. 1,300 too many dead questions. people on it. This might have 1,300 live and That's why I on gave it. this
1: episode an A, because I'm going, it starts with a compelling situation and it ends with an equally compelling situation. Am I going to kill, possibly kill all these people? Right. Are they already dead? I have to make a decision now and then I have to. Hightail my ass back on the galactic. Right, but I
0: don't but he didn't again. even at the same time really have a decision to make. Because well, he's that pushing Starbucks. Starbuck, Starbuck doesn't want to do it. Right. But but, but yeah. really, does he have a decision to make? Not really. This is going to kill mm-hmm. the, this'll, well, this'll the this will this will destroy the Battlestar Galactica and then humanity is this like goes dead. back
1: to the argument he's having with Starbuck earlier. If you were a commander, you would tell me to do something and I would have to do it because you're in charge. Right? And you're not. You're not telling me to do something. You're asking me to take my pills. And in this yeah, case, it's like what bosses say, you, you to Do you want shoot. to clean right. the floor? No, I don't. I was really good at that. Would you like to clean the windows? Of course not. Why would I want to do that? Yeah, you no. Know,
0: it's weird. I actually did no. that too. I Yay. work for you. Mm-hmm. That's not part of my job. But if that's the general manager, you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. Right. But don't ask me if I want to do something yeah. that's not part of my job
1: and is like... But we both had a supervisor... Uh, that would ask us that, and so my move was always to go no, no. Why? why would yeah, I do no. That? I
0: stopped saying yes because I was like, well, if could you, if you mm-hmm. don't have it in you to tell me to do a thing, mm-hmm. I don't have it in me to make it easier for you. Right.
1: So, Emily, do you have something you'd like to recommend?
0: I do have something I'd like to recommend. Oh, Thank you, you like so much for asking.
1: Right. Sure. Okay.
0: <laughs> I would like to recommend the Amazon Prime. Well, I guess you don't have that have Prime. You can pay for it if you do not mm. Prime. The Amazon uh, Show, based on a podcast. Homecoming. Mm. It is. I've never heard of it. A you're lying. I'm lying. You watched it with me. Okay. It is a show based on a Gimlet fiction podcast that starred Katherine Keener and Oscar Isaacs mm-hmm. and David Schwimmer. The television show stars Julia Roberts. Uh-huh. Bobby Cannavale co- plays the David Schwimmer role, and Walter. Is played by Stephen James, who is also in If Beale Street Could Talk. So,
1: okay, who's a very compelling performer, by the way. He
0: very much is. Also, very handsome. So, he, the, I don't even really want to say what the plot is. This is a sci fi military plot line. Uh, directed by Sam Esmail. He, he directed every episode. He's the showrunner for Mr. Robot on USA. Mm-hmm. A very good show starring Rami Malek. And very weird. It's sort of a similar vibe to that, I would say. Uh, and it does some time jump stuff and it deals with... The Homecoming Initiative is ostensibly to help Transition soldiers into civilian life, mm-hmm. and Julia Roberts plays a counselor there. Right, and Stephen James plays her uh, one of her clients, and Bobby Cannavale, Bobby Cannavale plays her boss. It's got ten episodes on Amazon Prime. Uh, they are only 30 minutes long so the whole series is not very long uh, they may do a second season the series the the podcast has two seasons so far uh, and the writers of the podcast are now the writers do they continue of the, the same characters yes okay. um heidi gets more into investigation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Audrey plays a larger larger role. She's played by Amy Sedaris in the show, and a very funny Asian woman in the series. Whose name? I don't know. No. She made me laugh, though.
1: Amy Sedaris is a very... Hong Chao is the actor. Who's really good.
0: So, Homecoming, very good, on Amazon... Quick watch, uh, very interesting, but beautifully shot. Yes. And very well acted, I think. Um, And it's really, it's an interesting thing to watch in addition to the story being interesting. They do things in the the television show Mm -hmm. that they don't do. And a lot of it is visual stuff. Like, Colin is... It's a telephone conversation, right? The podcast is on audio media. There's mm-hmm. a telephone conversation where Colin is talking about being in an airport. Right. And that explains all the sounds that are happening. Mm-hmm. In this, he's clearly not in an airport in the conversation. He's talking like he is, but what's happening around him is very different. Yeah. And so it gives a darker context to the conversations that you have heard previously, um, which is really interesting, an interesting way to do it. I would actually recommend, I don't know, listen to the podcast and then watch the show.
1: (laughs) That's interesting. That is interesting.
0: Because the show was twisty and different enough that it wasn't, it didn't feel like you're like, that's different than it was. And that's different than it was. It's it's sort of more of a fleshing out, mm-hmm. making a two-dimensional thing a three-dimensional thing. Uh, co- conversely, certainly you could watch the show and then listen to the podcast. But I do think that both of them are worth listening to. I was mad when Catherine Keener didn't get cast. I was like, I mean, I get... You got Julia Roberts, so you have to use Julia Roberts. I'm not stupid. I understand how money works uh, in Hollywood. But Catherine Keener is so good in the podcast. Oscar Isaac's too old for the character, uh-huh. so I get why he couldn't play in the, in the show. David Schwimmer is super good as Colin. Which is what
1: made me wonder, because David Schwimmer... What works for Bobby, but
0: in a totally Cannavale different way is than Bobby that Cannavale is.
1: Bobby Cannavale can pull off a kind of a physical heavy that David Schwimmer can't.
0: Right, but you don't need that in audio.
1: Right, and I think maybe that was the decision to go with somebody who physically is... physically
0: is a little bit more imposing
1: than David Schwimmer, who can come across. I can see him pulling off. There's a speech that yes. one of the characters gives, which I think over the radio would work as just sort of bitchy and mean. And just sort of like trying to hurt people, whereas when the character who's on the television program delivers it, there's an immediate physical threat behind it. Yeah, and I yeah, and there's
0: characters in the mm -hmm. shows uh, in the TV show that aren't in at all Mm -hmm. in the podcast. Right, there's a whole like throwaway narrative that isn't actually in. Like, there's. Hints to something like it going on, but it's mm-hmm. not what you are listening to. Whereas it is a major narrative line in the television show. Yeah. So no. I recommend it. I mean, and the 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 podcast is not significantly longer runtime wise than the television. No, show. I
1: appreciated it too. I liked it very much. Um, and the relationships of the characters. What I'd like to add um, is that. When I first was watching the first episode with you, when I first started, I was struck because I was listening to Oh yes. Pino DiNaggio score for I'd just seen for some reason I was watching I was reevaluating my opinion of Brian De Palma by seeing a bunch of his movies, uh, and then realizing I don't really like a Brian De Palma. But like, wait a second, I recognize that score. And it's doing the same thing that American Horror Story does, where it adds Music elements from other uh, films, like Bernard Herrmann's Scorch for Psycho and things like that, to heighten it. In this case, they use a lot of they use a lot of stuff from I mean things from John Carpenter, things from Pino Danajo, things from Bernard Herrmann, and it creates an atmosphere. But it's not only a homage that's done with the music; it's done visually. There's a lot of visual nods to Hitchcock and De Palma and other people, using split screens the composition of overhead shots kind of on a moving camera, there's a lot of stuff like that. So for me, it felt very much at home. Like I was watching The Parallax View or Three Days of the Condor, one of these political thrillers that was really popular in the 70s.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that Ryan Murphy was doing that, but Sam Esmail decided that he was only going to use score from other stuff. Right. Well, and there's an original
1: score for American Horror Story, but it started, the first episode was Bernard Herman's music for a... One of the Jello movies, I think, I think. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, but Sam yeah. was uses only. Right. And like I said, what's great is films. it's
1: not just the music, it's the visual style, it's even the style of acting. It really goes into it. Yeah,
0: he and does. It, he builds it around right. the and whole so mood of it around the it, music that's all. It's used.
1: almost, in this case, I don't feel like it's appropriating anything from those films. In this case, it's more enhancing his own product because it gives you the, the same tricks that other directors use to create a a sense of tension and unease in a very normal situation because a lot of this seems perfectly normal. A lot of this film is conversations between two people. Um, He uses to really good effect. So it was a big surprise for me. I really am glad that you got me into it. It was, uh, yeah, it was really good.
0: French Connection, Body Heat, Capricorn One, Mm -hmm. The Iger Sanction, All the President's Men, um, He'd used the parallax view in Mm -hmm. Mr. Robot. So he has some...
1: Now, mind you, if anybody would like to see the movies she just mentioned, they are the most paranoid films of the 70s. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that he uses. Like, look under your bed for FBI spooks, that kind of thing. There's a
0: lot of strings, y'all. There's a lot of strings. Yeah. So um, that is a very cool thing. And you can find the list of Mm -hmm. all of the... Songs in each episode on the internet. The yeah, internet will tell
1: you. I was surprised by how much of it I could remember off the top of my head, and there were some that I completely missed. So that was fun too.
0: It's sort of like uh, reminiscent too of what the uh, Westworld does with its yeah uh, player piano playing the saloon piano modern piano, right. music black
1: hole sun and whatever else. Um,
0: okay, do you have anything else you would like to? Recommend?
1: Yes, I do, and I really strongly recommend Homecoming, but very briefly. I saw a movie on Netflix that will offend, maybe fifty percent of the people who watch it. Uh-huh. it That's was. It, I laughed out loud right. throughout the entire film, which is rare for me. It's a two thousand and seventeen film called The Little Hours, and it's very loosely based on um, The Decameron. The Decameron by Boccaccio, and uh, it stars Allison Bree and Dave Franco and Kate Micucci and Aubrey Plaza and John C. Riley and Molly Shannon and. Etc. 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 Fred
0: Armisen, and that's basically it. No, no, no.
1: There's uh, what's his name. What's oh, else? Nick Offerman as well. Right. And this is a movie very much like a Knight's Tale, where the idea is we're doing a, a period piece, but to hell with that,
0: yeah, and we're it's just n- gonna, it's, all of us are now. So let's right. not pretend we're then.
1: It's done in modern English. There's no. You're not seeing Aubrey Plaza attempting to do an Italian accent and. Maybe There's,
0: the most true thing I've ever seen in an Audrey uh, uh, an Audrey Aubrey Aubrey Plaza role, uh, where she is uh, charged with
1: a list of sins uh, that yes, goes a list on of forever. Sins.
0: But the the one that got me was like impolite speech or right. like that, and she goes, "That's just the tone of my voice," and right. I'm like, "No truer thing has ever been." Aubrey Plaza sounds like she's cussing you out, even if she's being super nice because. She has a rich- resting bitch voice, right. like she just does. And she's she's wonderful. I really,
1: I was really smitten with her in Legion, where she just went wildly over the top and could well, still. We'll watch you in.
0: season two of Legion Sunday. It's
1: very complex. It's a very complex show, but in this film, the plot's really kind of simple. It's like a body story about nuns living. They in a...
0: all be fucking.
1: Well, they all be trying to fuck. The idea is that this is the 13th century. There was very little supervision of these nunneries. And so these girls are put there mostly because there's no other place to put them. You know, these are women who don't have any other place to go, so they're not particularly religious or devout. Right. And as a matter of fact, some of them seem to be irritated by all the hard work they have to do some one of them. Some of them
0: aren't even Catholic.
1: Allison, yes, <laughs> which is very <laughs> funny. Alison Bree is put there because her father can't make a dowry. We have no idea I'm what I'm going to go
0: ahead and <laughs> say, won't. Right. Won't make a dowry.
1: Um, Aubrey Plaza is there for God knows why. She apparently is a witch. Um, Kate Micucci is there because she's hiding because she doesn't want human to know that she's not Catholic. <laughs> um, she's Jewish. And that, that, uh, so there's, uh, and Dave Franco is there because he's on the run from, uh, his boss after sleeping, was Nick Offerman, I guess. Yeah. After sleeping with his boss's wife. Oops. Um.
0: And by boss, we mean, like, Lord. Yes. Because it's not like he's not a slave. He's not getting wages.
1: And his okay. character too, Nick Offerman, who sits around the dinner table talking so about ridiculous. the wars he's seen with rival groups in Italy. And, and
0: how shitty the Guelphs are. <laughs> right. I don't know what a Guelph is. But the movie is
1: actually, and again, if you're easily offended or if you're a religious person who, and there's no mockery of religion at all in this movie. There's a mockery of people who are doing it for the wrong reasons is the easiest way to put it. It's the same way that you could safely say of some of the Monty Python stuff, they're not mocking religion, they're mocking religious people, and how they often take things too far. And in this movie, yes, it's filled with these people who have no idea why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and they're there just because they really don't have any alternatives.
0: But I mean, if you think you're going to watch a movie about nuns and priests, you're not. you're no, gonna You're, wa- you're going to watch a movie about... Witches and fucking. That yeah, what also, is also these characters. It's also, it's a comedy. Y'all. Are hysterically bitchy to each
1: other. They're mean. <laughs> they're comedy. They are mean to each other. They're constantly roaming around like a gang of mean girls beating up on people who they don't like. Uh, it's, just screaming at everyone. Right. It's a really. I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't stop laughing throughout the whole movie. It was really, really funny. So I have to and again, with the caution that some people will be offended by it. It, and I, I can be easily offended by things that are anti-religious as I perceive them. This is not that. This is a very funny movie about a bunch of people trapped in a lifestyle that they didn't seem to really choose for themselves. So
0: Yeah. No, it was... The parts of it that I saw were very funny. And overall, probably not my full jam, mm-hmm. but uh, the parts I saw were certainly funny. And if you like any of those people and the things they do, you and will there's enjoy a lot this. of Yeah.
1: It is really... Yeah. I enjoyed it.
0: So I think that brings us to the end. We thank you so much for listening to us this week. Yes. Um we hope you're watching along with us. Next week we are gonna watch season one, episode two. Who saw that coming? It's called Water.
1: Hmm. Well, that's something you're gonna run out of on spaceships.
0: So is every episode gonna be the kind of episode I like? Mm. Awesome. So episode season one, episode two, that's called water. Uh We'll be watching that for next week. Uh, if you have questions, concerns, or comments, you can call, or you can call us. You can email us. At or the you call can phone. call us. I'm not going to give you my number. But <laughs> you can't call us. No, you can't. You can email us. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you need to leave a question, like a voicemail, you can video or, like, audio me- memo on your phone and then email it to us at latecomerspod at That's interesting. I
1: never thought about that. What? Oh, yeah. that, that they can actually... Re- Because it would be you could
0: send us your voices, and I would
1: put it in the show. Fun to watch the video clip and see what you guys look like.
0: I didn't say video. I meant audio. I I
1: said video. Please don't video. I want to see what you look like. Um, What
0: are you doing out there? As a woman on the internet, I prefer not any video. Thank you. As a
1: man who looks like a potato, it doesn't bother me.
0: Yeah, but when women get videos, it's inevitably dick. We can stop that trend. You and I, in the audience,
1: we can right, stop I'm it. Cutting
0: all of this out.
1: Why? You always cut out whenever I do anything on my own.
0: No, I just please yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't like it. Have so. people to send us video. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> all right, I'll leave it in. Um. What's our email address?
1: Our email address is uh, latecomerspodcast.com
0: latecomerspod at gmail.com we're on twitter at latecomerspod we're gonna be at podcon or we were just at podcon so we hope we saw you and you said hi to us hi Hi. we love you we hope you're listening because you just met us I don't know I don't know what's happening we're (laughs) in a time warp Uh, we have a facebook page and a group page and group latecomers podcast you can find us that way and for now that's gonna do it we love you for listening and we thank you very much and remember
1: better better late late than never. never